वेलकम टू एपिसोड वन ऑफ लीगल टॉक्स बाय देसी कानून वेलकम 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 टू दिस फर्स्ट एपिसोड ऑफ लीगल टॉक्स बाय देसी कानून आई एम सुयश वर्मा एंड आई एम एक्साइटेड टू फाइनली हैव स्टार्टेड दिस पॉडकास्ट यू कैन ऑल्सो एक्सेस दिस पॉडकास्ट ऑन माय ब्लॉग www.desikanoon.co.in remember it's not .com or .net it is www.desikanoon.co.in please go ahead and check out my blog however you have gotten into the site or the blog i hope you have subscribed us here or on the blog so thank you for joining me and thank you for subscribing but let us cut the chase and get on into this show this is the very first episode but i want to explain not only my purpose but also put out a road map of what we will cover in the near and the far future in this podcast before moving on let me explain the meaning and purpose of this podcast the first part of the name if of this podcast is legal talks the name is quite self explanatory as through this podcast i intend to talk about various laws judicial pronouncements and emerging trends in law both in india my native country and the world and uh, the second part of the name of this podcast is desi kanoon desi kanoon is the name of our legal blog and uh, it is composed of two hindi language words there are two words desi and kanoon where desi means indigenous or unadulterated and kanoon means law so in hindi language desi kanoon literally means indigenous or unadulterated law as i have already told you earlier it can be visited at www.desikanoon.co.in in short desi kanoon is a multi authored general legal interest website this website is produced by a group of legal scholars committed to track vital advancements in the legal domain and the constitutional design of india and around the world the goal of the site and the blog is to make these and other resources available to those involved in the field of law hence we see that the name of this podcast is in itself quite suggestive of the content that will be talked about here so let us move on to the purpose of this podcast the basic purpose of this podcast is to impart relevant and insightful knowledge relating to the field of law however this does not mean that i will be talking or we will be talking strictly about law and nothing else such would not be the case and we shall also discuss a lot of other things apart from law of course in most of our conversations law will find its place somewhere but rest assured we will discuss other subjects related to law such as philosophy technology science sociology etc and we shall also try to make this show as interesting as possible to the audience in general so let us now talk a bit about the people involved in this show i am suyesh verma i am an attorney by profession and i practice law in the courts situated in india my usual place of practice is district jabalpur and district katni situated in the state of madhya pradesh most of my professional work involves studying case laws statutes drafting applications arguing before the courts etc so that was all about myself and now my co-host uh, of this show mr saurabh kumar shall also talk a bit about himself thank you suyesh suyesh has already uh, given a detailed introduction and uh, 
like suyesh i am also an advocate my name is saurav kumar i practice in delhi i i belong to delhi bar and uh, i am also a member of supreme court bar association and new delhi bar association i practice mostly on criminal side at least that is my preference advocates in my country that is india are not divided into attorneys and solicitors there's only one class of uh, lawyers that is advocates we also do the work of solicitors and attorney so apart from being a lawyer an advocate i also am a phd candidate where my topic of study is space law so that is where i i study and research apart from the domestic laws with which i directly deal with in courts now we we have started this podcast and we'll see how it goes hello all welcome to legal talks by desi kanun today we will be discussing about the disaster management act 2005 of india and uh, an analysis of uh, this act as we all know that uh, lockdown is going on in india and uh, this lockdown has been enforced mostly under the powers under the disaster management act 2005 by the central government and uh, consequent to this the state governments and the respective local governments have implemented this lockdown so i think it is very important to know the provisions of this act and uh, how this act envisages a situation when a disaster or a threatening disaster situation is taking place so this uh, act contemplates setting up of three types of authorities the first is national authority that is national disaster management authority it has been defined under section 2j of the act and section 3 and other such sections then it talks about state authority then it talks about district authority and it also talks about local authorities and uh, it is important to know that uh, disaster management act 2005 is a special act and uh, we know that there is a latin maxim that says that uh, a special act prevails over the general act so in case of any emergency or any disaster basically any emergency that arises out of a disaster this act would occupy the field and all the other acts uh, will uh, be subsided so far as there is any inconsistency between such acts and this has also been stated explicitly under section 72 of the disaster management act which says that the provisions of this act shall have effect not with his standing anything inconsistent therewith contained in any law other law for the time being in force or in any instrument having effect by virtue of any law other than this act so this act will as i said this act will have an overriding effect and it is an extremely exhaustive act and it contains detailed provisions and mandatory guidelines for the governments at all levels that are uh, to be followed in case a disaster happens and uh, the scheme of the act is such that it leaves no scope of doubt or it is uh, leaves no scope to adopt a scattered approach by the governments at various levels and uh, all they need to do is peruse and follow this act to letter 
and spirit in order to tackle with a disaster so moving further section 2d of this act defines what is a disaster according to section 2d disaster means a catastrophe mishap calamity or grave occurrence in any area arising from natural or man made causes or by accident or negligence which results in substantial loss of life or human suffering or damage to and destruction of property or damage to or degradation of environment and is of such a nature or magnitude as to be beyond the coping capacity of the community of the affected area so there are a few important things in this definition that Uh, the first one is that disaster means a catastrophe mishap calamity or any grave occurrence in any area now secondly this could be natural or man made it doesn't matter whether it is natural or man made it would still be a disaster it could be either by accident or negligence and it should result in substantial loss of life or human suffering or damage or destruction of property basically all kinds of natural disasters such as flood earthquakes or even uh, the man made disasters such as uh, poor construction of buildings and uh, consequently their falling off even such disasters could be included under uh, the disaster management act and obviously the health related disaster uh, caused by a virus is also included under this act so what is the task of the authorities the task of this authorities under this act is disaster management now what is disaster management it has been defined under section 2a so disaster management means a continuous and integrated process of planning or organizing coordinating and implementing ne- measures which are necessary or expedient for prevention of danger or threat mitigation of uh, risk of any disaster capacity building preparedness prompt responses assessing the severity and magnitude evacuation rescue relief rehabilitation reconstruction all these in- things are included within the ambit of disaster management now as i said earlier there are various authorities set up under this act and there are four levels of these authorities so first we will deal with the highest level of authority that is the ndm and the national disaster management authority so this has been established under section 3 of the disaster management act it consists of the prime minister of india who is the chairman of this ex officio chairman of the authority and he can nominate nine other members now section 6 of this act defines the powers and functions of national authority so basically it is the responsibility of the national authority under section 6 for laying down the policies plans and guidelines for disaster management for ensuring timely and effective response to the disaster so under section 6 the national authority may lay down policies it may approve the national plan there is a uh, national plan that is to be prepared for Uh, tackling with the disaster then those plans can be approved uh, then uh, further plans can be made by the ministries or departments and these plans can also be approved by the national authority it can coordinate the enforcement and implementation of the policy it can recommend provision of funds for the purpose of mitigation for example there are migrant laborers in this disaster for example there are uh, so many uh, so much shortage of food 
so it can recommend provision of funds for the purpose of mitigation it can provide such support to other even it under the, this uh, section 6 it is uh, very interesting to know that section 62h provides that uh, the authority may provide such support to other countries affected by major disasters as may be determined by the central government so it is not just india that uh, which would be covered in under this act the central government or, or or i'm sorry the national authority may help even the other countries which are affected by a disaster so the next important provision is uh, section 8 of this act which talks about constitution of national executive committee now as we know that there is a national disaster management authority but this authority is work is to only lay down the policies lay down the national plan these plans are to be implemented by the national executive committee set up under section 8 of the act it mostly contains the bureaucrats and other government officials its functions are mentioned in section 10 of the disaster management act and its main functions are to uh, prepare the national plan coordinate and monitor the implementation of the national policy implement those plans monitor the implementation of the national plans and the plans prepared by various ministries plan and coordinate training programs for disaster management it has uh, uh, quite a lot of responsibilities and it can and uh, even if uh, such responsibilities are not mentioned in section 10 even then under section 102l it can lay down guidelines or give directions to the concerned ministries uh, regarding measures to be taken by them in response to any threatening disaster situation and uh, what is a national plan i have been talking about national plan over and over again but what is a national plan national plan uh, is made under section 11 of the disaster management act and uh, it shall be a plan for disaster management for the whole of the country so a national plan cannot be uh, specific to a particular state or a particular area it has to be drawn for the whole of the country and uh, this national plan is prepared by the national executive committee and uh, in obviously this has to be in consultation with the state governments and expert bodies and uh, section 113 states that the national plan shall include measures to be taken for the prevention of disaster measures to be taken for the integration of mitigation measures in the development plans measures to be taken for preparedness and capacity building roles and responsibilities of different ministries or departments and this has to be reviewed and updated annually so this is a very detailed plan that has to be drawn up by the national that has to be prepared by the national executive committee so and section 12 is also quite important section 12 talks about the guidelines for minimum standards of relief so according to this section it is the responsibility of the national authority to recommend guidelines uh, to recommend the guidelines for the minimum standards of relief in relation to the shelter food drinking water medical cover sanitation special provisions for widows and orphans and uh, it is uh, interesting to note that the word used in section 12 is shall so this is a mandatory obligation of the national authority it cannot shy away from this responsibility since the word shall has been used 
and uh, it even has to provide ex-gratia assistance on account of loss of life and such other relief as may be necessary. Now another interesting provision is section 13 of the Disaster Management Act which talks about relief in relation to loan repayment. So even the financial implications of the disaster have been of a disaster have been included under the Disaster Management Act and section 13 states that the national authority may so uh, this is not a mandatory guideline it is a, a, it is a discretionary provision but uh, the national authority may in cases of disaster of severe magnitude recommend relief in repayment so it can it only has a recommendatory power to recommend relief in repayment of loans or grant of fresh loans to the persons affected by such disaster so this was all about the national authority and the national executive committee and the national plan and the related provisions therein now we'll move on to chapter 3 of the uh, disaster management act which talks about the state disaster management authorities so what is a state disaster management authority it is an authority that is established under section 14 of the act and uh, this uh, is set up by the respective state governments and it uh, consists of a chairman as its ex officio chairman and he can nominate eight other members and uh, he, and even the chairman of the state executive committee is an ex officio member of uh, the state disaster management authority so now let us move on to the powers and functions of a state authority so uh, like we discussed the powers of the national authority the state authority also has similar powers but uh, uh, its powers are restricted only to uh, its respective state uh, for which the state authority is operating it can lay down the state disaster management policy it can approve the state plan it can approve the disaster management plans prepared by departments of the state it can lay down various gu guidelines coordinate implementation so these are the parts and functions of the state authority and similarly there is a state executive committee that is uh, constituted under section 20 like the way a national executive is uh, has been is uh, is constituted at national level so the powers and functions of uh, this state executive committee are provided under section 22 uh, the functions of the state executive committee are provided under section 22 whereas its powers are provided under uh, section 22 powers and the rest of the functions so its major functions are to coordinate and monitor the implementation of the national policy national plan and the state plan in its state exam the vulnerability of different parts of this state to different forms of disaster lay down uh, other guidelines that are necessary monitor implementation of disaster management plan and uh, it can it can advise the state government regarding all the financial matters in relation to disaster management it can provide valuable data input information to the national authority and the state uh, authority for uh, in relation to different aspects of disaster management and similarly under section 23 a state plan also has to be prepared now its rest of the functions are provided under section uh, 24 
and uh, it is interesting to note that the section 24 uses uh, word threatening disaster situation so on the one hand when uh, section 22 uses the word management of disaster and on the other hand section 24 uses the term dealing with the effects of any threatening disaster situation so even if the disaster hasn't happened so in order to mitigate that disaster in order to prevent that disaster uh, the state executive committee can exercise its powers and functions under section 24 so section 24 this provides that the state executive committee may control and restrict vehicular traffic it can restrict entry of any person into the affected area remove debris provide shelter food drinking water health care essential provision other essential services it can procure exclusive or preferential use of immunity from any authority or a person as and when required it can construct temporary bridges or other necessary structures for example if the need arises then under uh, uh, this section the state executive committee may construct uh, makeshift hospitals or temporary hospitals for covid patients and it can even disseminate information to public basically it has very wide powers under section 22 section 23 and section 24 so now we'll move on to chapter 4 of the disaster management act which talks about uh, the district disaster management authority now the constitution of district disaster management authority has been contemplated under section 25 of the act and its ex officio chairperson is the collector or the district magistrate or the commissioner uh, as the case may be and uh, the elected representative of the local authority shall be the co-chairman now superintendent of police chief medical officer all these persons are ex officio members of uh, this district disaster management authority now the powers uh, of uh, this district authority have been defi- have been contemplated under section 26 and uh, these powers can be delegated by the district authority to itself in case a, a disaster happens so when a disaster happens under section 30 it has certain functions that it has to perform and consequently there are certain powers it can prepare prepare a district management plan it can coordinate and monitor the implementation of the national policy state policy national plan state plan district plan etc so basically all the implementation part uh, can be done by the district authority and uh, it can organize coordinate training programs all these uh, functions which the uh, national executive committee and the state executive committee and authorities had it had all it has more or less similar functions uh, in relation to uh, its respective district and it can even encourage involvement of ngos voluntary social welfare in institutions ensure communication systems are in order basically all the groundwork that has to be performed can be uh, per, has to be performed by the district uh, authority now section now let us come to section 31 it talks about this plan what is a district plan it is a plan for disaster management for every district of the state and it includes the areas in the district vulnerable to different forms of disasters the measures 
टू बी टेकन दैपेसिटी बिल्डिंग एंड प्रिपेयरनेस रिलेटेड मेजर्स एंड प्रॉम्प्ट रिस्पॉन्सेज प्रोक्योरमेंट ऑफ इसेंशियल रिसोर्सेज ऑल दोज प्लान एंड प्रोसीजर्स रिलेटिंग टू दीज थिंग्स एस्टेब्लिशमेंट ऑफ कम्युनिकेशन लिंक्स एंड नेक्स्ट इज सेक्शन थर्टी टू सेक्शन थर्टी टू टॉक्स अबाउट प्लान्स बाय डिफरेंट अथॉरिटीज एट डिस्ट्रिक्ट लेवल एंड देयर इम्प्लीमेंटेशन सो इवन द डिस्ट्रिक्ट अथॉरिटी कैन फर्दर डिवाइड इट्स प्लान इन टू वेरियस कंपोनेंट्स एंड इट कैन मेक प्रोविजन्स फॉर प्रिवेंशन एंड मिटिगेशन मेजर्स बेसिकली the uh, bottom line is that district authority also has a lot of powers when a disaster takes place and when this act is being invoked and it can under uh, section 33 it can even require any officer or any department or any local authority to set uh, to take such measures for the prevention or mitigation of disaster basically it can requisition anyone for the purposes of uh, managing the disaster and uh, uh, it's uh, like we discussed in case of state executive committee they had the powers certain special powers in relation to a threatening disaster situation similarly uh, there are uh, similar powers are given to the district authority in case of any threatening disaster situation under section 34 so uh, the bottom line is that uh, there are a lot of functions that are to be performed by the governments and the authorities at all the levels and uh, uh, under the disaster management act and and uh, now the next chapter that we'll come to is chapter 5 of the disaster management act that talks about the measures that are to be taken by the government for disaster management in the uh, earlier part of uh, this show we discussed all those measures that are to be taken by the various authorities special authorities that are being set up under this act now we'll talk about the measures that are to be taken by the government at all the levels uh, for disaster management so in relation to central government section 35 uh, stipulates that uh, the central government may take uh, measures le- relating to coordination integration uh, of uh, measures for prevention of disasters basically it has to provide all the help that is needed to mitigate the disaster and it has to provide all that help to everybody uh, who is involved in the field work uh, and all the respective authorities and so the just because uh, there is a national authority that doesn't mean that the government can say that uh, now they don't have anything any function to perform they also have a lot of responsibilities under the act and the section 35 36 37 so uh, for the central government they also have uh, the corresponding duties to uh, take up all the uh, disaster management related work now similar powers are Uh, and similar responsibilities have been bestowed upon the state government under uh, respective state governments under section 38 39 uh, and uh, section 40 of the uh, of the of this act and uh, even the now we'll come to section 41 which talks about the functions of the local authority so uh, section 411 says subject to directions of the district authority a local authority shall ensure that its officers and employees are trained for disaster management so what are local authorities 
local authorities could be the municipalities they could be the panchayats they could be the municipal corporations they could be the all the uh, uh, small authorities uh, or, or the uh, authorities that are have been set up consequent to 73rd and 74th constitutional amendment all the panchayati raj all such authorities now under section 42 a national institute of disaster management has to be set up which would develop training modules formulate and implement a comprehensive human resources development plan provide assistance promote awareness all these tasks are to be done by the national institute of disaster management now there has to be a national disaster response forces uh, as well ndrf so this force uh, can uh, has to be set up in case a, a disaster takes place and it has to be a special force which has to be set up under this act and it is it, it would be supervised by the national authority its command and supervision shall rest with the uh, director general of the national disaster response force which would be who would be appointed by the central government further when a natural calamity place or a disaster takes place under this act uh, a response fund has also to be set up now this response fund is called national disaster response fund under section 46 and uh, uh, this fund shall be made available to the national executive committee to be applied towards meeting the expenses for emergency response relief rehabilitation in accordance with the guidelines laid down by the central government in consultation with the national authority and for uh, there are several mitigation measures as we discussed that are to be taken uh, up during a disaster so for that purposes a separate national disaster mitigation fund has to be set up now this uh, fund will provide uh, will exist solely for the purposes of mitigation and uh, the central government may put in any amount of fund that it may feel like for uh, it may feel like putting in and similar funds are also be are also to be set up by the respective state governments and even the district uh, authorities so there has to be a district disaster response fund state disaster response fund state disaster mitigation fund state disaster district disaster mitigation fund and uh, its accounting is also to be done uh, it is not as if uh, that uh, these uh, funds can go unaccounted under section 50 accounting has to also uh, to be done now we'll come to chapter 10 of the disaster management act that uh, deals with the offenses and penalties so there are various uh, punishments for uh, the non compliance of this act which are uh, provided under chapter 10 section 51 talks about punishment for obstruction section 52 talks about punishment for false claim and there is imprisonment Uh, if a person is convicted under these provisions these imprisonments may extend up to 2 years and fine could also be imposed there is punishment for misappropriation of money or materials which uh, whatever money or material which is being supplied to any officer or to any other person uh, under this act 
so if there is any misappropriation that person could be imprisoned for a term which may extend to 2 years there is a punishment for false warning if false alarms are given by any authority or any person even in uh, section 55 is interesting as it talks about offenses by departments of the government so where an offense under this act has been committed by any department of the government the head of the department shall be deemed to be guilty of the offense and shall be liable to be proceeded against and punished accordingly unless he proves that the offense was committed without his knowledge or that he exercised all due diligence to prevent the commission of such offense so i think this is a very unique provision section 55 Uh, this is the first time i have seen any provision under any act that directly implicates the department of the government and not just the department it specifically states that the head of the head of that department of the government shall be responsible so i think this is a very interesting provision and people must keep that in mind in case any uh, wrongdoing is is being committed by any department of the government now section 56 is also very interesting as it says uh, is as it talks about failure of officer in duty or his connivance at the contravention of the provisions of this act so if in case an officer uh, fails to perform his duty under this act or uh, contravenes the provisions of this act then he can also be imprisoned for a term which may extend to one year in case it is proved so and even uh, we talked about uh, requisitioning that uh, these authorities can uh, the district authority can requisition any material any officer anything that it requires for the purposes of managing the disaster and uh, in case a person contravenes that order regarding requisitioning that person can also be imprisoned for a term which may extend to one year similar uh, similarly if an offense is committed by a company uh, by a company uh, then uh, that company can also be punished and uh, its directors and other such persons may be implicated section now let us come to section 59 which is very interesting since it says that no previous sanction for prosecution is required we know that there are certain provisions in the code of criminal procedure uh, if i remember correctly i think it is section 197 which says that uh, previous sanction of the government is required to prosecute a government servant but under this act there is no requirement for previous sanction no i am sorry i am sorry under section 55 uh, no prosecution uh, shall be instituted except with the previous sanction under section 55 in 56 so yes i am sorry previous sanction is required under section 59 previous sanction for prosecution is required and the cognizance of offenses shall be taken up by the court only on a complaint made by the national authority state authority central government district government district authority or any other authority uh, prescribed in uh, this behalf or any person who has given notice of not less than 30 days in the manner prescribed of the alleged offence and his intention to make a complaint to the national authority or the state authority or the any other authority now section 61 is very interesting it talks about prohibition against discrimination it says that while providing compensation and relief to the victims of the disaster there shall be no discrimination on the ground of sex caste community descent or 
रिलीजन सो बेसिकली दिट्यूशनल प्रिंसिपल ऑफ इक्वेलिटी हैज बीन री इनफोर्सड इन सेक्शन सिक्सटी वन ऑफ द एक्ट मोर और लेस दीज आर द इम्पॉर्टेंट प्रोविजन्स अंडर दिस एक्ट एंड देर आर सर्टन अदर पार्स फॉर एग्जाम्पल दीज नेशनल एग्जीक्यूटिव कमिटी और दी स्टेट कमिटीज दे मे डेलीकेट समेयर फंक्शन डिपेंडिंग ऑन दी कंडीशन दैट दे आर फेसिंग एंड सेक्शन सेवेंटी वन इज इम्पॉर्टेंट एज इट स्टेट्स दैट नो कोर्ट एक्सेप्ट दी सुप्रीम कोर्ट और हाई कोर्ट शेल हैव जो रिस्ट्रिक्शन टू एंटरटेन एनी सूट और प्रोसीडिंग इन रिस्पेक्ट ऑफ एनी थिंग डन एक्शन टेकन बाई ऑल दीज अथॉरिटीज एंड दी गवर्नमेंट अंडर दिस एक्ट सो ओनली दी सुप्रीम कोर्ट और दी हाई कोर्ट कैन टेक हैव दी जो रिस्ट्रिक्शन टू एंटरटेन प्रोसीडिंग्स इन रिस्पेक्ट ऑफ दिस एक्ट नाउ दिस इज प्रिटी मच the basic scheme of the national disaster management uh, national uh, sorry not the national disaster uh, the disaster management act 2005 and uh, we see that it is quite a comprehensive act the uh, legislature or the parliament of india has made all the efforts to make sure that all the relevant contingencies that are required in case of a disaster or in case a disaster is about to happen Uh, have been taken care of uh, under this act so with this i'll uh, end this episode thank you very much for listening see you next time